This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode of the Eurotrip is proudly sponsored by Six On Stage, your online guide to everyone who's ever taken part in the Eurovision Song Contest. As well as the stars we know and love, Six On Stage celebrates the people behind the scenes and especially the unsung heroes of the Eurovision stage, the backing performers. Whether you're looking for Kate Miller-Heidke's bouncing dementors, Alexander Reback's hat-kicking dance troupe, or Maria Yeremchuk's iconic man in a hamster wheel, you'll find them here. And the best part is, it's all free. So next time you're watching the 2001 contest and thinking, is that Shirley Clamp doing backing vocals for Greece? Head to sixonstage.com and find out. And yes, yes it is. As Yonola Sandra always said, take it away. For me, Eurovision is much more than just a job. It's part of me. Yannis, let me say, we were your first ever Eurovision interview way back in January. <laughs> I remember! I... So Gisli Baltarsson, Iceland's commentator, welcome to the Eurotrip. Thank you very much and thank you for the Eurotrip. I've been listening to you. Being face to face, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I was gonna say your beautiful face. <laughs> I was like, but it is cute. beautiful as well, though. We were talking on the phone. Yes. Do you want to have a hug? Yes, please. Yeah, that would be great. Cornelia Jacobs, congratulations. Thank you. Give me a hug. Hi there. My name is Martin Estadol. I am the executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. You are listening to Eurotrip. Hello and welcome to the Eurotrip, the world's favorite Eurovision podcast with me, James. Me, Rob. And this week, we're going to be looking forward to Super Saturday and, well, looking back at a very busy weekend in the world of the Eurovision Song Contest. Yeah, we are finally here. Super Saturday is almost upon us. I feel like we've been talking about Saturday the 11th of February for ages, but it is just a few days away. We know that we're going to get a whole boatload of new songs for Eurovision 2023 this weekend. But, James... We got a few Eurovision songs, a few artists joining the class of 2023 this weekend just gone. 
Yes, we did. We got four more songs across the weekend on Friday and Saturday night. It was great to see some more artists join the Eurovision family. Uh, they include Alessandra from Norway. The final of Melody Grand Prix took place on Saturday night. What a show it was. It was great to see it inside a full arena packed to the rafters with Norwegian fans and fans from across the world, I imagine. That was, of course, a public vote and a jury vote. So what we decided to do, we thought we want to know a bit more about the jury. How did the jury work? How did they work out their points? So we've invited Alex Mansarolo onto the podcast again. He's a British radio presenter and he was part of the British jury as well. Yeah, we love a bit of jury-based action on this podcast. We've heard some brilliant stories on past episodes about what it's like being in a jury. I remember Carrie Grant joining us on an episode of The Contest and Me back in the summer, telling us about the less than glamorous life of being a UK juror at Eurovision. So excited to hear from Alex. And then we've mentioned it, Super Saturday. Well, one of those shows is Dora over in Croatia. And performing in the show is Croatia's entry from 2022. Mia Dimsic is opening the show, so we thought we'd get her back on the podcast. You're listening on Acast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Eurotrip. So here we are then. Consider us your warm-up to Super Saturday. And James... It's nice to not be recording in your hotel room. As nice as it was to be recording in your hotel room on last week's regular episode, it's quite nice to have a bit of normality back because that was a mad few days. Oh, I quite liked it though. I quite liked being side by side. It felt much easier. We weren't sitting here for hours looking at each other on a screen. I didn't actually have to look at you. I could just sit next to you. I didn't have to look at your face for the full time. (laughs) You've got such a treat as well when we're recording this podcast because my webcam is so hideously low on the laptop that I'm using. It's just my chin. So enjoy talking to my chin for the rest of this episode. Yeah, thanks for it. Thankfully, yeah, for you listening, you can't you can't see this. I'll have to put up with this for the next 45 minutes or an hour or however long this is going to take. I should have drawn a smiley face on my chin. That would have been really entertaining, but we can do that next week. But yeah, we are back. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into everything that happened, obviously, in the Czech Republic, ESCZ, and mine and James's involvement in it. I feel like we've already done those thank yous, but thank you again. And you'll be pleased to hear, everybody, just want to mark your card early, the one-second song returns, as does the news, which we'll be bringing you shortly, And shock horror to everybody listening to this, one of us is prepared. It's me doing the news this week, and I've actually written some stuff down. (laughs) I bet there's a lot to write down as well. Yeah, very excited to see how you sum up Super Saturday in just a second. Yeah, absolutely. I'll do my best. We've got an email. Are you excited? I'm always excited when we get an email. You bet. Yeah, I've not seen this. What we got? We are hearing from, once again... Madeline in Canada. Hello, Madeline. Ah, the Canadians. The Canadians are back. Yes. Hello, Madeline. Uh, Madeline says, hello, you two, which I think is a lovely opening to an email. (laughs) First of all, congrats on your appearance on ESCZ 2023. It was great to cheer you on from here. What a weekend, right? Norway sending the Queen to Euro and Sweden doing well. I don't know if there's an English translation, but here we would say... And now comes a bit where I attempt to say some French. <laughs> Les sudos fasame des clownerie. Right. Is that, have you worked out what the translation is of that? Well, she goes on to say, although the performances and the show were incredible, can someone please explain to me what the idea was of the opening performance of Mellow being on the theme of the Mellow Circus? Is there something I don't know? Some homage to a previous Melody Festival. Anyway, can't wait for your next episode. You are awesome. Madeline in Quebec, Canada. Well, that was very nice. It's a shame I hadn't read that email earlier because we could ask Toby Eck on um, on Melfest Monday a couple of days ago. Maybe we'll bring it up on Melfest Monday next week. Yes, after a week's hiatus, the news update is back. And it's me at the news desk, and I'm actually stood at the desk, and I feel very prepared, which can only mean that this will probably go quite badly. And looking at what I've written down, I think it could go quite badly quite quickly, but wish me luck. Best of luck. 
I suppose. <laughs> well, <that's... laughs> I, I said that with no conviction, and yet I... I didn't mean it in the slightest. <laughs> wow, that's made me feel so much better. Anyway, shall we get to it? Since we last spoke on Wednesday's regular episode last week, we have got four new songs heading to Liverpool. Uh, yes, I know, by the time you listen to this, the Czech Republic will also have announced who's won ESCZ, but we'll get to that later. Anyway... Firstly, Ireland, they chose the band Wild Youth to represent them with their song We Are One. And then on to Saturday, where we added another three songs. Joker Out debuted their song for Slovenia, that being Carpe Diem. Alessandra, she stormed to victory over kebab-loving Ulrika in Melody Grand Prix. I hope Ulrika treated herself to a commiseratory kebab. I feel like I should have DM'd her and asked. Maybe I still will. If you don't know what we're talking about, there is a video on our Twitter of me asking Ulrika whether she had a kebab for breakfast. But if you listened to the episode two weeks ago, you'd also already know that. And then in Spain, Blanca Palomo won Benidorm Fest. And James, this is where the news update is going to go downhill. I think her song is called... Ia Ia? <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I remember watching it on Saturday night, and then I think I spent about half an hour on Sunday morning trying to say the song title out loud, thinking, this is wrong every time I say it. It doesn't look like it's so difficult to say, and then you try it, and then it just doesn't come out properly, does it? It's it's not what I've just said it is, but, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. Anyway, here are... Those four songs. So you're going to hear firstly Ireland, then Slovenia, Norway, and Spain. And we also had a couple of other artist announcements last week as well. Brunette will fly to Eurovision 2023 for Armenia, while Iro Kechanovi will represent Georgia after winning their version of The Voice. As announced earlier in the week, while we were still in Prague, Taya and Selena will be representing Austria, and 16-year-old Victor Venikos will be representing Greece. Over in Sweden, of course, Jon Henrik Falgren, Ark North, and Adam Woods, and Tonus Achilles, they progressed to the final of Melody Festivalen. And we, of course, have more reaction to those results from Heat Number One of Melfest on the Melfest Monday podcast with friend of the podcast, Toby Eck. In Lithuania, we have our first five finalists in Let's Try Again. Yes, as a reminder, that is the English translation to their national selection. They are Ruta Moore, Gabrielis Vigelis, Just Krajvielite, Petunia, and Ilsenso. When I wrote those down, I only intended on saying a couple of them, but there you go, there's all of them. Next door in Latvia, we also have the songs in the Supernova final. They include, you heard him on last week's podcast, Marcus Reaver. We now, of course, have a stage for Eurovision 2023, designed by world-renowned designer Julio Himaid. He said of the stage, the architecture takes inspiration from a wide hug opening its arms to Ukraine, the show's performers and the guests from across the world. I focused on the cultural aspects and similarities between Ukraine, the UK and specifically Liverpool from music, dance and art to architecture and poetry. Beautiful words, James. Yeah, wonderful stuff. I feel like you've done really well to condense that news, to be fair, yeah, given mate, how busy... <laughs> mate, we're not, mate, we've not finished. Oh, okay. Oh, you've still got more news to come? Still more news to come. Oh, I thought that was, <laughs> that was the end, forgive no, me. No, <laughs> no, that wasn't the end. Right, we're nearly there. Now to this week. At the time that you're listening to this, we will know who has won ESCZ 2023 and will be representing the Czech Republic. I feel like we will do our best to get whoever wins ESCZ 
on the podcast next week. So stay tuned for that. It is, of course, San Remo week. Now, the competition kicked off last night at the time you're listening to this. It concludes on Saturday, or should that be the early hours of Sunday morning? And then we have Super Saturday. So all of this coming up for you on Saturday, the 11th of February. We have the second heats in Sweden. We have the second semi-final in Lithuania. And then we will have song selections in Estonia, Romania, Denmark, Latvia, Croatia, and Malta. Whew. Well done. Honestly, I'm tired just thinking about Saturday. I can't remember uh, another Super Saturday as busy as that. I know we've had Super Saturdays in the past few years. It's been busy, but not as many as, what is that, nine shows? Yeah, is this the superest of all Super Saturdays? Is that what we're saying? Yeah, answers on a postcard, please. Has Super Saturday been more super than this one coming up? Has it been super in the past? <laughs> uh, also, a word for Sam Ramo. You may be listening to this podcast thinking, oh, I hope Robin James is going to talk about Sam Ramo. I mean, we've mentioned it in the news there. We're not going to talk about Sam Ramo. We'll probably react to it next week, obviously, because we appreciate the scale of the show and how massive it is. James, I, I just, I, we just don't really understand. Like, we get it, <laughs> but we just don't understand. I feel like... I feel like I might get a lot of hate for this, but I feel like you might be on one side of the fence. You're either on the Melfa side of the fence or you're on the San Remo side I of the fence. I wondered if you were going to bring this up. But you know, I'm going to say it. Yeah, I'm going to say it. And I'll, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to happily stand by that. And I want to give a shout out. I saw this tweet on Tuesday morning uh, from Liv, who does some great stuff on uh, over at Aussie Vision, uh, who said, in capitals, guess who has five days off work exclusively to watch San Remo live? And now I want to know if Liv has deliberately taken those days off work or if it's just a coincidence. I'd love no, to think she's, she's deliberately taken the days she's off. She's definitely deliberately taken them off. I think she has. And loads <laughs> of people do this. That's the thing. Like, I don't want to devalue San Remo because it's huge. Like It's an institution. Like Eurovision itself effectively was inspired from San Remo in the first place. But I just feel like I just don't get it enough to be able to talk about it confidently enough. Does that make sense? <laughs> I get you. I get you, Rob. I get you. You're listening to The Eurotrip, your favourite Eurovision podcast. When you aren't listening, find us on social media, at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. So this is The Eurotrip. Coming up shortly, Mia Dimsic, the class of 2022, of course. She represented Croatia last year, and she is back performing in one of those Super Saturday shows at the weekend. She'll be opening up Dora for everybody, taking place this weekend. But, James, we are now going to look back. So before we look forward, we're going to look back. We are indeed. Yeah, we mentioned a little bit earlier on that, of course... Melody Grand Prix over in Norway happened at the weekend, the grand final of that competition. As I said, it was great to see that back in an arena, back with thousands of fans. It just really elevated the show after it had been stuck in a TV studio for the last couple of years. Uh, now, the winner was decided by a split public vote and then an international jury as well. A very strong one. Ten countries were on the bill for the international jury. It felt like a, a mini Eurovision in a way. It was a really good watch. Uh, one of those countries was the United Kingdom. They were first up. Uh, it was a five-person jury. Let me remind you of the names. We had um, Stay Softly, who is a radio producer here in the UK. We also had Namrata Varia, another radio producer for BBC Radio 2. They work with selecting the songs to be played on the station. We also had Simon Proctor, a name you might recognise from the Eurotrip. Um, we spoke to him on my documentary that we aired uh, last May. He's a TV producer here in the UK. Ellie Dixon, she is an up-and-coming singer. You'll probably have seen her on TikTok. And Alex Mansarolo, he is a radio presenter here in the UK. You'll have probably heard him across KISS and Radio 1. We had him on the podcast as well, back on uh, Series 1 of the Contest and Me back in 2021. Now, we know we've had loads of great conversations about being on a jury and what it's like working out those very important scores but we've never found out what it's like to work on a jury for a national final so when I saw Alex's name pop up across the weekend I gave him a message and I said I want to know all about it and he said absolutely I'll tell you all the gossip so this is what happened when I caught up with Alex a little bit earlier on in the week Alex Mansarolo, welcome back to the Eurotrip it's great to have you back 
thank you for letting me back. Thank you for letting me back. <laughs> it's been too long in my book, really. It's great to have yeah, you back. Um, peculiar is, is, is how I describe this. When I, when I read uh, at the weekend that you were part of the jury for, for Melody Grand Prix in Norway, I was a bit surprised yeah. to see your name on there. Where did that all come from? In a nutshell, look, we're in this industry, if, if someone finds out you're a Eurovision fan, that, that news gets spread like wildfire, right? So when they found out <laughs> Alex from, from Kiss FM UK um, was a big Eurovision fan that had credentials, that had a bit of knowledge about it, um, it spread and it just, it turned out that a, a mutual friend of, of someone in the group uh, recommended me to a friend of mine who actually didn't even know that I was a, a big Eurovision fan, a brilliant man named Simon. And this is Simon Proctor, is it? Simon Proctor, yeah, great guy, really cool guy. Um, and he's like, hey, look, shot in the dark. Mentioned you liked uh, Eurovision. Between us, would you like to be part of Norway's jury? I'm like, well, what, what do you mean by that? He goes, no, look, we have to get together in a secret location that we can't talk about just yet. And we have to find Norway's Eurovision entry. I'm like, this sounds like the best thing in the world. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was crazy. We went to... Um, I only found out the location of the of where we was going to be like a day and a half before. Um, obviously, just in case, just in case anything got kind of out where we was, and you know, European fans are the best fans in the world, but they <laughs> want to know, they want answers. As soon it's as all possible, so secretive, isn't it? It was like you're an undercover it agent. It is, and what we was it was actually in um, it was in like a rooftop restaurant in London, but it had like a, its own you know meeting room. And we kind of felt a bit like celebrity because we're walking in and out of this room. You know, everyone's like, well, what are they doing in that room? What's going on there? Why have they got a big telly? Why is everyone talking like that? So I kind of like, you know, it felt really, really good. But um, basically, we was locked in that room, finding out Norway's entrance for Eurovision. Of course, that was Alessandra, the legend. So were you doing this the day before the final on the Saturday then? You weren't doing it during the live show, is that right? No, so we were there Saturday. I think it was like two o'clock they did like a final rehearsal like a final run through and that's what we were judging on so um there was no logistically we couldn't do it through the, the live show at all um so we got their best performance before the live for, for the live show and that's what we voted on then in well not in secret but but quietly between us we had we're not allowed to speak about it at all so that's what we did it, it was a crazy weird little day of euro fun so yeah, <laughs> I was going to say this. This sounds like a job that any Eurovision fan would love to do: to be on a jury, to cast a score. Was it sort of like Absolutely. all of some of your Eurovision dreams come true doing something like that? Absolutely, and it's for it's for a country that takes this seriously, like so so seriously. Like you know, you know, if they get through, and I genuinely think there was four songs in the MGP that were there to win, not just to win MGP, but there to win. So, and especially in a country like this, where it's it's such a big thing, and and, and it's still in that realm of if you can make it at Eurovision, you're going to be a superstar. You know, there's no X factor, there's no Britain's Got Talent, we've always got talent vibes. This is if you make it at Eurovision, you're a superstar. So the power we had, and it sounds really weird, is that this person's life could change because you know you look you look on social media, they're not million follow, they haven't got a million followers. They're not, you know, they're not huge in terms of social reach. So, you know, I, I think Swing It, I've only got like 2,000 followers on, mm. on, on Instagram. I'm one of them. So it's just like, <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's, this is where genuinely you could change someone's life through putting them through to Eurovision. So that's why I love doing it for Norway, because it's a country that's just, it's just, yeah, it's definitely in their heart. So big fan of that, big fan of that. Yeah, they switched on. They get it. Uh, should we should we talk about the scores? Let's talk about the scores, Alex. I'm just looking. Uh, let me read out what the UK gave uh, the, their top points to. They gave 12 points to Alessandra, of course. Uh, you then gave 10 points to Atlee Pettersson with Masterpiece. And then the eight points were to Yona, who opened the show. Do you know what? She's brilliant. Um, she, she's got it all. She's got an incredible song. Uh, the lyrics inspiring. In, she's great and I feel like at Eurovision that performance is going to just double it's going to tenfold of what she gave on the night there Alex it's been great to to find out a bit more before you go we've got to ask you about your excitement levels for Eurovision this year it's back in the UK first time in 25 years as a fan yes. of the contest how excited are you Alex I'm buzzing and do you know what makes it even better 
I studied in Liverpool, so I have about 20 friends with a sofa I'm about to surf on. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to be staying up there. I, I'm, I'm, you know, look, in any show, the UK goes hard. And obviously, we've teamed up with Ukraine on this. We're going to make them proud. We're going to make Eurovision proud. And we are we are about to cement ourselves as once again being a dominant force in Eurovision. So I'm, I can't wait. I can't wait for Liverpool. And I'll see you there, I bet. Oh, I, I bet. And hopefully we'll catch up before then as well on the podcast. We'll have to have, to, have, to have you back on as well, Alex. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Awesome. Alex, thanks for catching up. It's been great to chat. No worries, bro. No worries. When you aren't listening, find us on social media at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Love that, James. That was fascinating. Yeah, great insight, wasn't it? You know, we've, um, as I said before, we've we've heard from people like Carrie Grant before on the podcast. She's told us about what it's like to be um, doing the jury scores and the jury results at Eurovision itself. But we've never found out what it's like for a national final. You always think it's on a smaller scale. But um, clearly, from what Alex was telling us, absolutely not. That is some top secret stuff, properly well managed. Yeah, really great insight. And also, what a momentous night. Not just, of course, Alessandra's victory, but the big reveal of Subwoofer as well, of course. Oh, God, I, 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 don't, I don't think you should have brought that up because I feel like I could write a full essay about this. What a, <laughs> what a great story that was from, from Norway across the last year to have selected Subwoofer, a full story arc for them to reveal themselves on Saturday night. Yeah, what a, what a great, great story. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So Mia Dimsic on the way. Great to hang out with another of the Eurovision stars who competed in Turin back in 2022. Eurovision in Turin, by the way, feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Honestly, to me, it still feels like yesterday. Oh, no. You're all right. You had your laptop nicked. We know. Anyway. Says you missed COVID. (laughs) I had COVID in my passport. So everybody knows this already. Anyway. Maybe the less said about that, the better. You'll be pleased to hear that I don't bring up any of those things with Mia Dimsic later on. Can we throw back to the podcast two weeks ago? Because it was a throwaway comment at the end of the episode. And then we obviously, given everything that was happening last week and how busy we were in the Czech Republic, we didn't get to touch on it. Do you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) I haven't the foggiest, if truth be told. (laughs) I thought you might say that. I mentioned that we should talk about Eurovision songs at weddings. Right. Okay. Doesn't ring a bell. Still not not (laughs) ring a bell. Okay. Okay, fine. It's quite a long way around, but this came from the one second song. Spoilers if you haven't listened to the episode from two weeks ago, but I feel like that's not how the podcast works. Uh, Spoilers if you haven't listened. The one second song two weeks ago was Your Man from Norway 2010. Do you remember? Oh, yes. Yeah. Diedrich Solitangen. Didrik Solitang and My Heart Is Yours. And then I told the story about how I knew it was that song because I once wrote the lyrics to that song in a Valentine's Day card to my first ever girlfriend. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? I remember it well. Well, you, sir, at the time then said, why don't you try and include lyrics from that song in your wedding vows? Because I'm getting married this <laughs> yes, year. Yes, yes. <laughs> Does your fiancé know about this suggestion of mine or not? Not yet. I've not brought it up, but that would be a lovely surprise on the day. <laughs> But it got us thinking, didn't it? We did mention it at the time. We would love to hear about when Eurovision songs have appeared or played a role in a wedding. It might have been your wedding. It might have been a wedding you were a guest at. But how did Eurovision get itself involved in the wedding? Because one of our favourite topics here on the podcast is Eurovision songs in the wild. So I feel like this is just a 
just a variation on a on an old favourite. Yeah, I'd love to hear if you've ever heard a Eurovision song at a wedding. Although I'm going to put a caveat on this because what I don't want to hear is if you've ever heard Buck's Face making your mind up at a wedding or a song by ABBA because I feel like any wedding you go to, you will hear any of those. So please, if, you've, if you're going to say you've heard any of those, please stop. Don't bother getting in touch. Right, a couple of points on that. One, what wedding have you been at where they played Buck's Fizz making your mind up? <laughs> Why would that ever be played at a wedding? Absolutely. I mean, obviously, the, lyri- the, the lyrics aside, but I've never heard that at a wedding o- ever. Okay, then, well, I'll rephrase this. Get in touch to confirm at a wedding you've been to, you've heard that. Or get in touch to uh, for a wedding you have been to and never heard that. Because I can so guarantee just get in, you. Just um, get in touch, basically. Yeah, just get in touch either way. Right, great, nice. Um, you also said any ABBA song. That's not what this calling is. We're talking about Eurovision songs. So specifically Waterloo. Yeah, but it's you, you know what I mean by that. You like It's just so obvious that an ABBA song is going to be played. I'm not necessarily saying it's going to be Waterloo. I was once at a wedding in London here where we went up to the DJ and said, can you play some ABBA? And the DJ said... I'm afraid I can't. The bride and groom have requested that there is an ABBA ban. An ABBA ban? An ABBA ban. Isn't that the town in Scotland? (laughs) Oh, no. But yeah, an ABBA ban. So you weren't allowed to request any ABBA. That seems a bit harsh, to be fair. Yeah, awful, awful. Anyway, that's kind of what we're talking about, kind of not. Anyway, can I tell my story about the roguest Eurovision song that I heard at my cousin's wedding? Oh, there's this a story. Yes, please. Yes, I thought we were just waffling on. Please bring no, it no, on. No. <laughs> no, so this is from five years ago. So this is the very first song the DJ played. So the DJ has effectively just sort of turned on his kit and he's kind of warming up the room before that big moment of the first dance. So I should importantly say this wasn't their first dance, but this is the very first song he played to get everybody's attention, to get everyone in the mood, and to be like, right, here we go, the party's about to start. Any idea what song that was? I... Well, given it's going to be Rogue, I feel like I'm not going to have any idea whatsoever, so I'd rather just hear it and probably laugh and react like that. Okay, well... (laughs) <laughs> it was this. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. No way. It certainly was. And imagine my shock, joy, disbelief while I was sat there just finishing off my pudding. And I was like, is that, is that what I think it is? Yeah. Yes, it was. How many, how many people did you try and tell? Were you like, oh, everyone oh, well, actually, on the table. This, this is this is Eurovision 2016, and everyone was like, Rob, we don't care, we don't want to know. <laughs> Are you a Eurovision fan? If you don't do that, <laughs> but yeah, pretty much everyone at the table and everyone else that I bumped into, basically. Uh, but yeah, very very rogue Eurovision song at a wedding. There, Laura Tesoro's "What the Pressure." So. We've asked people to get in touch on so many different things there. I'm not quite sure what we're asking them to get in touch with now. But get in touch with any Eurovision songs that you have heard at a wedding. Maybe it was your wedding. Maybe it was a wedding you were at. The roger, the better. Like what you're hearing? Make sure to leave us a review and a rating whenever you're listening. Well, I'm glad that's over, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you... we got the story out of you in the end, but uh, yeah, glad that's over. One second song is on the way, by the way, everyone. <laughs> yeah, you and everyone listening, I'm sure. But yeah, please do get in touch with any of your stories. Yes, on the way, as James just said, the one second song. But first, we are returning to catch up with one of the class of 2022. We caught up, of course, with one of the class of 2022 on last week's podcast, where we heard from We Are Domi, our friends from the Czech Republic. But this Saturday, as part of Super Saturday, we will see Croatia picking their entry for Liverpool, of course, picking the successor to Mia Dimsic. And Mia was one of my favourite people that we caught up with on the podcast last year because we caught up with her just before the because we caught up with her before the competition itself. She joined us on a video call from her home in Zagreb. 
And then, James, do you remember we caught up with her again on the very rainy turquoise carpet at the opening ceremony? Mm -hmm. Yeah, who didn't we catch up on the very rainy turquoise carpet? That was good fun that day. Very, very good fun. Very, very good fun. But yeah, I was like, let's get Mia back on because I saw that she was because I saw that she will be opening Dora at the weekend and she'll be telling you all about that in a little while. But here's what happened when me and Mia Dimsic, my old pal from Croatia, caught up earlier on this week. Mia, we have been wanting to catch up with you for ages because we spoke a couple of times last year. We spoke just before the contest, I think, maybe sort of March, April time. And then we spoke again during the opening ceremony. But we've been wanting to catch up and find out everything that's happened since then. But if we go back even further than that, it was this time last year. Dora hadn't happened yet. Can you remember how you were feeling around this time last year? Oh, God. It was crazy. I was so busy, so excited, kind of anxious and scared, but at the same time, so excited. So it was an interesting mixture of feelings. And when I look back on that period, I, I kind of feel excited for the new contestants. But I also am like kind of glad that I already went through it. You know, it's not easy for sure. But I'll be there in Apatia as well this year. So I will get to see the new contestants perform. And that'll be very, very exciting. I can't wait. We were in Prague last week and we spoke to We Are Domi and they were saying the same thing as you, basically, that it's really nice that they get to enjoy their country's selection show this year because there's not mm-hmm. that pressure there. So you mentioned it. You're, you're going to be at, Do- at Dora this year. You'll be there. Yeah, I'll be the opening act uh, with kind of a new version, like a different version of Guilty Pleasure. I won't say much, but uh, it's really special to get to bring that song to the table once more and remind people of it. And the fact that they chose it last year is still surreal to me. So if if it weren't for for the audience and the people of Croatia, I never would have gone to Turin and met all these amazing people and met like all of the fans and you journalists and producers. So um it feels really special to be able to go back and also like Opatia is so beautiful this time of year as well next to the sea with like beautiful weather so we'll have we'll have a good time I'm sure what do you make of I'm not I'm not going to ask you to you know tell me who your favorite is or anything like that because that would be mean but what do you think of the the whole selection that Croatia have got this year the potential for you know who could go what type of music could be sent to Liverpool I feel like it's so diverse this year and I really like, love it. So I can't even begin to guess what song will go because I think like like th- three or four songs that are maybe the most trending right now are so different to each other. So I feel like whatever choice people make, whether it's a more typical pop song or something more of a Eurovision kind of spectacle song or something that like feels more ethnic and we have like songs that feel more international, I feel like whatever, whatever Croatia picks this year, the important thing is that the artist uh, really brings the emotion and that they get to have fun and that they really get to show themselves as they are as an artist outside of Eurovision, of course, because like that was the that was the conviction with which I went. I just wanted to, you know, bring my style to the table and maybe someone will like it. Maybe maybe no one will, but it's, you know out of comfort zone for me, a new experience. So I'm really rooting for, I mean, for everyone, I I do have like songs that are maybe closer to, to my selection, but of course I, I will, I will never discover it. <laughs> I wish <laughs> equal luck to everyone. Of course, of course. Well, let's reflect then on your Eurovision experience. We want to find out everything you've been up to since then, of course, but how do you look back on your time in Turin? My time in Turin was so exciting, but so I went by so fast because there's so many things to do. And apart from the rehearsals and everything else that you do with your team and with the fans and with the journalists, I feel like it was a very vivid dream, you know. I feel like I only got to figure out what really happened after a couple of months have passed. Because, you know, when you're in it, it's just, it's so, I mean, stressful in a positive, 
sense of the word, but like maybe overwhelming is a better word. It's so overwhelming that you kind of dissociate from it. And everyone used to ask me, like, how could you just sing calmly on stage knowing that millions of people are watching? It's because I wasn't aware of it. You know, you're just not aware of it. You're like, okay, this is the stage and there are cameras recording like so many times before. And that's the only way I, I'm going to perceive it or else I will, you know, lose my mind. I'll just be so scared that I I won't be able to bring my emotion and just be myself for those three minutes. So I feel like it's uh, something that it's hard to even connect, that it, it happened to me, you know. It's still so surreal. Maybe like if you ask me this question in 10 years, <laughs> maybe then I'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was like, I was in Eurovision. Yeah, sure. Sometimes I have to like pinch myself. Oh, my God, I was in Eurovision. I, I still can't believe it. I just remember when we caught up, I think we caught up a few times when we were there. And I remember, I think we had a very quick conversation in the delegation bubble at one point. And you were just super chill the whole time, which I don't know if I don't know if that was, you know, you doing a really good job of of covering up how you actually felt. But you did seem very relaxed through the whole process. I kind of was. And I, I repeat, I don't know how it's, (laughs) it's strange, because Everyone from my team used to warn me about some acts from previous years, like 10 years ago, 10 plus years ago, you know, this and that person was like, you know, vomiting literally or fainting or the the other person got into a fight with everyone from the team. Like, beware, you know, that's going to happen to you too. And I was like, okay, waiting, just waiting patiently and cautiously for that moment to come. But I don't know, maybe it's because I really have good people around me and I really have a stable team and people who I can trust and rely on. And they've been here with me for such a long time. So, And also like my family and friends, my family came to watch me perform and a couple of my friends, one of my friends even flew all the way from L.A. to watch me perform. Let's talk about this because I remember you telling us this story. This is someone that you met on a plane to America yeah oh my god you remember this story it's crazy. <laughs> it's so cool so they actually got there because I remember when we spoke yeah. you were saying hopefully this person that I met on this plane that has become my best friend will be there and they actually made it I was so grateful and I was trying to just focus on you know I'm here this is probably a once in a lifetime opportunity I just want to have fun and really soak it all up and if you're constantly stressing about stuff there's some stuff are organizational, some stuff you can't control. There were some unpredicted like mistakes uh, during rehearsals and stuff like that. But it's like all we're 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 human, and it happens. So if you're gonna focus on that, and if you're gonna be stressing out, like who knows how they're gonna film me from which angle, and who knows if my mic's gonna work, you just won't have fun, and you're missing the point of all of that. So I was really trying to just be. You know, it's fine. It Even though it's like the third most watched show in the world, it's still a performance that is supposed to be to entertain people and not to like make this whole drama around it. So that was the way I was trying to perceive it. And I hope but I hope I did manage to have fun. I think I did. What was the most surprising part of the whole thing for you? Probably the amount of people involved in the whole process, the amount of fans traveling to Eurovision every year, not just to Eurovision, but also to the pre-parties and visiting each other, becoming like friends and sort of a family. That was the most beautiful thing for me to experience. And to see all of these fans just being overjoyed by every performance, supporting every artist, uh, regardless of the musical tastes or style or whether the song was slow, fast, uh, etc. So it was such a nice thing to experience and becoming a part of that in a way and then meeting those people afterwards whenever I was somewhere abroad like I even did it I did a Eurovision concert in New York City which was so amazing because I had no idea Eurovision had such big fans even in the states tell us more about that tell us about and tell us about a Eurovision concert in New York that sounds incredible that's like, that was a dream come true. I was planning my trip to the States, uh, regardless of that. And I wanted to like connect with some producers and work on my English album, which I'm getting ready to to put out. And then I accidentally saw on Instagram that there was a New York City Eurovision community. And I'm like, I have to reach out and see if we can maybe do something together. 
and they were super nice and friendly and they they were like yeah we're like throw we're gonna throw a party in november which we don't usually do but since you're coming of course we have to do a party so we did this party in manhattan uh i did some of my original songs and guilty pleasure and like loads of people showed up and it was a day before my 30th birthday so that was magical really just experiencing celebrating my birthday in new york on stage just like surreal moments so eurovision is much much more than just performing in the contest that that day it like really marks your life in as a as a musician and as a person are you still in touch with with anyone that you were able to to talk to any of the other artists from your year or or even anyone else that you met when you were in Turin? I'm still in touch with with Rosalyn. I mean, she is just going places. Global phenomenon, Rosalyn. So now, surreal right? to see. Uh, with Malik from from Germany, with We Are Dummy. I think I talked to Maro from Portugal a couple of times. Then, yeah, definitely some fans as well. I've been corresponding with who were like so supportive and continue to follow my music from various places all over Europe, which is insane. So yeah, I I feel like I am a much richer person after all of this. And it it just brought so much more than I ever thought it would in in like every in every personal aspect as well. And I feel like I'm more mature after this. I know what I want more. I know which level of stress I can handle. And, you know, you get to know your teammates better as well. You get to see their strengths and weaknesses because it, it, it can also be a very stressful period. So, yeah, I, I'm i very happy that I did, like, decide out of the blue to perform in my national selection last year. It was just such a good call. It's impossible then to summarize everything you've been up to since Eurovision, of course. We're now... I can't believe it, like nine months ago, I think that was kind of an intro in. It's crazy to think that much time has passed. What have been the highlights for you in your in your life and your career since the contest? It was definitely a month that I spent in the United States. I used to go there a lot more before, but since like since the pandemic, this was the first time I actually went anywhere as far from home. And I managed to connect with some musicians and producers uh who like work with some of my idols which was insane and i played them my english songs and they like gave me their advice and now i'm working on recording it till the end possibly in new york but i'm not sure yet so a lot of new doors have opened and eurovision has also been a big part of that because when you when you just when people hear you were in eurovision they're they're just like okay i i I have to check her out. So Eurovision has this international signature that everyone recognizes and appreciates. So uh, that, that was probably the most significant part because I really got to go out of my comfort zone and travel abroad and see how it's done there. And it's done in a totally different way. But also uh, together with that, I am releasing creation music, new music as well. I'm writing a lot these days. Um, I, I've been attending some award shows, which was really nice. Uh, I'm playing a lot. So yeah, you could say um, I'm living the dream. Uh, and Mia, I hope you have still had some time to relax, to enjoy yourself. I think I've seen, have you been to Paris relatively recently? Yeah, yeah, I went to Paris with my friends and we had the best time. It was like totally off, off my working hours, just me as a tourist for a change. And it was my first time visiting. I loved it. Like, I can't wait to go back. And I feel like, it would be even better to go in the spring, but you know, better now than than later. So I'll repeat yeah. my. And also, I went to Stockholm to visit my friend who was working there, also like for the first time. So this year has been marked by traveling so far, and I hope it stays that way. Get yourself a Swedish producer friend, and we'll see you in Melody Festival in May. Yeah, that would be that would actually be a really good idea because I feel like Swedish people speak English like it's their natural language you can't really even hear their accent I'm guessing because it's the same language family but yeah they're amazing so maybe that maybe that happens as well Mia we we haven't got long left but I've got to ask for anyone competing in Dora who who wins and goes on to represent Croatia at Eurovision in Liverpool this year what advice would you have for them or indeed anyone who is representing their country at Eurovision 
yeah, I think I feel like my whole experience could sum up to two major advices. First advice would be just enjoy and like own your five minutes. Like this is your time and don't let anyone tell you you're this or that. You just own own the experience and just be like, I'm the star now. I don't care. I'm doing my thing. I'm bringing my song to the table and whoever doesn't like it can just, you know, turn around and go home. So that would be like my first advice, just to not stress out. And secondly, listen to your inner voice because our intuition is just the best, the best sign where to go next. And I feel like whichever song wins, there's always so many people giving you advice, like so many people trying to turn you into this or that and uh, put things into your performance or on your costume. And you have to feel the most natural. And that's like the whole key to really giving a great performance. So that would be like, listen to your, follow your heart in a way and just own the moment. Enjoy. Sounds like good advice to me. Mia, thank you so much for chatting to us. It's been brilliant to catch up with you again. And Mm -hmm. we're all very excited to see you uh, perform Indora at the weekend without the pressure of having to qualify this time. You can actually go out and enjoy yourself. Thank you so much. And I'm sure we'll have fun. Oh, that was lovely to have Mia Dimsich back on the podcast. I, I, I must pick you up on something straight away. Is, is that an exclusive that she wants to take part in Melfest next year? Or <laughs> what's that all about? <laughs> did she really say that that's what she wanted to do? Or <laughs> did I put words in her mouth? <laughs> I can't quite tell. No, I think I can I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. If it does happen, imagine that's how it starts. Imagine (laughs) if we see her on the list of entries for 2024 and that conversation was how it all started. But also, throwing back to another thing she mentioned there, performing at a Eurovision party in New York City. Yes, please. Yeah, that was a bit unexpected. Eurovision comes up in all the strangest places, doesn't it? You just never know when it's just going to slap you right around the face. I wonder if podcast listener michael in new york do you remember michael in new york who listens on his roof mm-hmm, mm-hmm. has he ever been i wonder if he was there there's a que- there's another question for next week if you are michael <laughs> who lives in new york get in touch. <laughs> are you called michael at your trip no we're not doing that <laughs> shall we do the one second song instead Yes, we should, because everybody needs to get themselves in the mood for Super Saturday. They need to, once this episode is finished, I think you need to purge yourself of all things Eurovision until Saturday, because you need to cleanse yourself, because Saturday is going to be so chaotic. But yeah, as you said, before that, you've got to try and get yourself some points on the old one-second song. James, would you like to know the scores before you ask? Because yes, I do know them. Go on, go for it. What we got? It is currently me, 16... You 11. Okay, so uh, four points still won't even put me in the lead, but it'll put me in touching distance. Let's do it. Within touching distance, yeah. So it is James to guess this week. I've picked the song for the first time this week for you and everybody listening. Here's this week's one second song. I mean, that's tough. It's tough. It's tough. But it's one of those where once I tell you what it is, you'll be like, of course it is. I think anyway, there is a caveat to that, which I will come to. Yeah, I think I I really don't think I'm going to know what it is. Let's hear it one more time to help you. Maybe it won't help me. Go on then. Have you got any closer to getting the right answer? No inkling whatsoever. I feel like it's going to be something daft from like 2005 where my knowledge is like 1%. So <laughs> I can't tell 1%. the way you laugh there is like a yes or a no. So I'm going to say 2005. I'm going to say it was... Spain? 2005? <laughs> Is that somebody famous? I can't remember who was Spain in 2005. I don't know. I think know. they were all in very colourful dresses. I seem to remember that. Okay, okay. well, I, I can't remember the name of the artist, but something's telling me it was an artist in very colourful dresses. So that's what I'm going to go for. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? You got anything else or No, not? that's all I've got this week, I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, well, imagine my shock when you said, oh, imagine if it's from something like uh, 2005. It is from 2005. Is it? It screams yeah. 2005. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got yourself a point. It is not Spain. So the scores are now me 16, James 12. It's not Spain, but it is 
The United Kingdom. It's Javine. Touch my fire. Oh, my goodness me. I did say that it is that, but with a caveat. Do you want to know what the caveat is? Oh, don't say it's another one of these stupid karaoke <laughs> versions again, is it? That is the new Tribute Kings version of Javine's Touch My Fire, which is apparently not available on streaming services, or at least not the one that I use. <laughs> this is not the so first it, time you've done this either. No, it's not. I have definitely done it before. Uh, so yeah, Javine for the United Kingdom, Touch My Fire, the United Kingdom, yeah, 2005. So that was the answer this week. James, would you like to know the link to this week's episode? What's the tenuous link? And it is tenuous. This might be my best ever. Okay, go for it. I've got no idea. Okay, so who have we heard from on the podcast today? We've heard from Mia Dimsic from Croatia. And we've also heard from Alex Monsarolo, who was a jury member in Melody Grand Prix in Norway. Okay, I may have an inkling about where you're going with this, but do carry on. Okay, so we have to go back to Croatia's representative when the Eurovision Song Contest was held in Norway in 2010, which, of course, was the girl group Feminem, which I discovered were named after Eminem earlier on today. They just stuck an (laughs) F on the start. So they were represented by Feminem in 2010. Now, Feminem are one of the only, if not the only, I don't know of any other examples of this, Eurovision artists who have represented two different countries. Another question for next week's podcast. Has anyone else done that before? So Feminem also represented Bosnia and Herzegovina in 2005. They came 14th that year. That's where the link ends. I wanted to then give you an easy one. So I chose the UK and Javine would touch my fire and then you only got one point, so you ruined it. Well, because you gave me the karaoke version. How eh? I think everyone listening to this got it from the karaoke version. Okay, okay well, can I try and get a cheeky bonus point for, for getting a different tenuous connection to this week's podcast? Possibly, go on. Okay, because we heard from Alex Mansarolo, who was on the UK jury for Melody Grand Prix. Who else was on the jury in Melody Grand Prix on the British jury? Was Simon Proctor, who produced Making Your Mind Up, the national selection in 2005, which chose Javine, Simon Proctor. Significantly better tenuous <laughs> link to the one second song, and therefore, yes, you can have a bonus point. So you're going to have another point. So, yeah, 16 yes. 13 Wonderful. is the score going into next week. Wonderful stuff. Uh, that was a wild ride this week. Uh, best of luck, everyone, for uh, watching Super Saturday in some way or another. It starts at um, half past five UK time with the uh, final of Estee Lowell and won't finish until I think about one o'clock in the morning for the end of San Remo. No, I think that's optimistic. It'll be later than that, I think. I'm also going to be watching the entirety of Super Saturday with a hangover because I'm going out on Friday night, which I don't know if is a good or a bad thing. Well, (laughs) best of luck to you overall then. Uh, Yeah, enjoy it, everyone. Uh, We'll be back with you on Monday for your next episode of Melfest Monday. We'll be reacting to everything in Heat 2 and looking ahead to everything in Heat 3. We'll be joined by some of the artists and another very special guest from Sweden and back with you again next Wednesday for your regular episode of the Euro Trip. And keep your eye on our socials. James is about to give you the details, but I'm having a very, very exciting chat in the not-too-distant future. Keep an eye on your socials. Yeah, keep an eye on at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can get in touch with us there as well. And on the email too, hello at eurotrippodcast.com and read all of our exclusive stories on eurotrippodcast.com. And make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, and rate us five stars. From me, James, it's goodbye. And from me, Rob, it's goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.